Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to personally welcome you to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. If this is your first time joining us on the podcast, we're here every week showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City and the surrounding areas. We're talking to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. We're giving you a taste of the city. If you have an awesome story, we're going to probably showcase it here on the podcast. Our website, this one's really easy to remember, IamSaltLake.com. The cool thing is you can go there and listen to the entire back catalog. All the episodes are up there. You can listen to them really easy to do as well as subscribe to the podcast. Hey, are you moving to Salt Lake City? Maybe you're listening to this podcast because you want to figure out what this city's all about. Are you looking at possibly moving into a house with a little more space in it because we're all working from home now? Well, in case you didn't know, you guys, I'm a licensed realtor now, and I'd love to uh, show you some homes. I'd love to show you uh, possibly your dream home, help you find a place to call your own. Uh, You can give me a call, shoot me a text anytime. I'd love to help you, 801-244-2908. But otherwise, let's get into the podcast. This This is a good one, you guys. Thanks for listening. We can get chatting. I mean, let's. St- I want to start right off with what is Thanksgiving Heroes? I know that's kind of a basic generic question, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening uh, right now that have never even heard of it, but it's it's an incredible thing that you're doing. Well, Thanksgiving Heroes is my passion project. It's something that I started seven years ago um, with the idea that um, there's no reason there should be hungry kids here in my community. Uh, there's no reason there should be any hunger in our community. We, we live in a very blessed world. This, this bowl of the Valley that we live in is a, a great place. And there's no reason there should be anyone going hungry. Um, there's 20% of the children here locally don't eat unless they're in school. And so that means for the Thanksgiving holiday, while we sit happily around the table, they're going hungry. And I, I, um, I thought to myself a lot of times, someone should do something about this. And I've got to the point where I'm going to do something about it. And so, um, of course there was things that we'll talk about that, um, kind of formed that in my life, but I have been doing it now for seven years and we've continued to grow. We've started out with a goal to feed 10 families our first year, and we fed 755 that year and it's grown. We're going to feed over 2,500 families here locally. Just here in the Salt Lake. Just in Salt Lake. Well, no, that's not true. We uh, feed people in Tooele County, up into Davis, um, clear down to Vernal. And we've had families um, fed up in Logan. So mostly Northern Utah gets covered um, by that number. And we're, we're growing. We're going to be in Las Vegas this year, in Dallas, and also in Cleveland. Wow. And so it's, it's become much more than my, my desire to pay karma forward because I felt like I owed it to the universe. And so now here I am seven years later and we're growing and um, looking to partner with anyone who's interested in, in, the mission, which is no hungry kids at Thanksgiving. And see, and I, I was actually, before you, you came in here, I was looking on your website and I didn't realize you were doing this in other cities, which I want to get into here in just a little bit, because I mean, not only are you doing it in Salt Lake, but these other cities too, but how did the idea come to you? I mean, do you remember that? Yeah. You said seven years ago. So how long ago did the idea come to you? How long has this kind of been a thought? Um, it happened when I was 11 or 12. Okay. It started when I was a, um, a young boy. I lived in South Texas. 
um, my dad was given a job offer. He worked in a heating and air conditioning and he got a job offer in Houston. Okay. I'm the oldest of four kids and we headed, packed up everything in Las Vegas and headed to Houston. We got down there and my dad found out that the, uh, the company wanted him to, um, sell parts for the furnace or air conditioner that they didn't need. Um, oh, it was a little man. bit of a, like an upsell, an upsell. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. But if you did this and my dad was wildly honest, like a good dude. And he said, I'm not going to do that. And it was right during the um, period where there wasn't a lot of jobs. And so he was left jobless. We spent all of our savings to get down there. Um, to buy this piece of land in a town called Porter, Texas. It's just outside of Houston. And uh, there we sat. We didn't have enough money to buy a, a house, a trailer. And so we lived in our truck. And I was in the sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade heading in there. Um, brand new in the South. And um, the South is beautiful, green. Um, and my folks were genius enough to make it seem like it was just a camping trip. Like I never realized. <laughs> Aren't they so good at that? I don't know how they did it. Being a dad now, <laughs> I, I couldn't keep my, my, my stuff together well enough to let my kids know that everything was just, a, it's a beautiful life. And why aren't we having a great time? Yeah. But the truth is, is that we slept in the back of the pickup truck and I loved camping and, um, I would get up. I had a pair of clothes we I would wear to church and a pair of clothes for school. And that was it. I would eat breakfast. I had free breakfast at school and free lunch. And the lunch ladies got to know me well enough because I was so excited to, you know, down South with their biscuits and gravy and their grits and all of that stuff. All the good food. All the good food. Yeah. They would load my plate up and they would see me coming and they knew how much joy it like. I think it made them happy to see me so happy. And so they fed me really well. Um, but we never ate at home. We would go um, to a hotel once a week or twice a month, depending on how finances were to wash our clothes and um, take a shower and, and whatever that took. So, so that's kind of when, when, you realized, Hey, there's, there's uh, a lack of food out there. You need a lack to, of, or, uh, or, uh, what would the word be? Like I guess it resources. wouldn't be lack, resources. Yeah, lack of resources, not yeah. lack of I food. truthfully didn't know until Christmas yeah. that year, a family, the Christiansons, if um, you're out there listening and you know, the Christiansons, I'd love to get in touch with them. They invited me into their home, our family, yeah. they came and picked us up and they were a Utah family. They came back for Christmas. Um, they would drive up here or come back to Salt Lake and spend the Christmas holiday with their family. And, um, so they let us, they took us to their house and they let us come into their home and stay there. They lived in a town called Kingwood. Um, so the name is actually very significant. Like if you think about Porter and Kingwood, it was, it was significantly like, it was beautiful. These homes were gorgeous and it was a manicured um, culture there. They like sidewalks and mowed lawns. It wasn't where I was used to living. Like pristine planned yeah. neighborhoods. Like you'd see in the movies in that yes. period of time. And yeah. There was a big picture window and they had this giant Christmas tree in their front window. And I was just like, this is a castle. These people are rich. And we went into their house and I'm old. I'm, I was around before sub for Santa was a thing underneath their Christmas tree were presents for my family. And um, they had talked to my mom and dad and they had bought clothes for this growing boy that I was growing out of a pair of shoes every other week. Right. And um, they had shoes and clothes. But what really was the most important thing for me was I remember them um, going into the kitchen and opening the fridge and there was a big turkey in there on the top shelf. And there was a pumpkin pie on the, the next shelf down with the whipped cream in the middle. And I remember being so excited for that food. And it was the first time it occurred to me that this is having, and I was in the not having life. It, I had, I'd never really even, it never clicked. And I remember turning to my mom and I said to her one day, I'm going to do this for somebody. 
I'm going to do this for somebody because it was so meaningful. Sorry, I get emotional just talking about it. It was so powerful. So fast forward, I've lived my life. I served in the Navy. I served in the Army. I was a policeman for eight years. I had all these exciting adventures. I'd seen the world. I traveled and I got into real estate. And it was in my third year of real estate. I'd been wildly blessed. And my mom got diagnosed with brain cancer. This is kind of the sad part of the story. And she became incredibly mortal. She was telling us all the truth. There was no filter anymore. She had nothing to lose just to be honest with us. Oh, wow. And she said, Rob, you need to do this. So I decided I was going to feed 10 families. I went to the grocery store with a list that I had written down. This would be a list of like a perfect Christmas or excuse me, Thanksgiving dinner with a turkey, 10 pounds of potatoes, like the milk, the, all the way to the like olives and cranberries, everything I could think of that I would want on my table. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm going to buy this food. How much are you going to charge me? And it was the Associated Food and Taylorsville. And the guy said, well, I, I could probably get this all for you for around $80. So great. Wow. I said, I want 10 of them, please. And he said, fantastic. And so I went and talked to my friends. Um, I'm, I love sharing ideas with uh, other people in my industry and in real estate. And my buddy was like, well, I'll feed 10 families. And I had another friend and I'll feed 10 families. I go to the school district and I said, Hey, I've got some friends. We're thinking about feeding families. And the, um, the lady, Nancy Ward, I'll never forget her. She was a, just like this nice, if you could picture us like the school teacher, this nice lady, she said, well, Rob, the, the need is, is we have 20% of our kids don't eat and they just canceled our funding here in the Jordan school district. We have no food for them for the holiday. You're an answer to our prayers. Oh my gosh. There was a flame lit under me. Like I need to do this. There's wow. the need is bigger than I had anticipated. So I'm talking about it on social media. I'm talking to everybody that I know. And we fed 755 families that first year. And I didn't, I am, uh, a, I'm, I'm a big picture dreamer. Um, when it came down to the list, logistics and details, the school district showed up and they're like, we're going to unload the food here. We're going to sort it. We're going to have people drive up like this and we're going to do this. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad somebody thought of these details. Cause I was just like, let's buy food and well, I was going to say, it sounds like there's a lot of logistics involved because it's, it's scaled so rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of logistics. And so they kind of showed me the way these organized educators showed me like we need to, there needs to be a place that we do this and we need to have a place where people can show up. And, and so I'm um, talking about it. I had volunteers showing up and they, we unloaded this giant, it was two semi trailers full of food, a mountain of potatoes. You wouldn't believe it. I still have pictures from it. It was just like so surreal. But the amazing part was all of those folks that showed up strangers. I had never met before. Cause I was just talking about it on social media and they're like, Hey, my, I got a friend. He's thinking about doing this. And I would ask, how did you, how did you hear about this? And it would be a friend of a friend. And we wanted, my kids need something to do. And we unloaded the food, sorted the food, and had everything delivered by about four o'clock. All of those 755 meals were delivered. Your first year? My first year. 755. Yeah. Just here in, in, in Utah. Just in Utah. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. All right. We got a brand new sponsor for this episode that I'm really excited to share with everybody. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you're directly supporting this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Lifelong Learning at the University of Utah. Lifelong is here to help you find a new hobby, explore an interest, and turn your curiosity into a passion. With more than 150 classes every term in arts and crafts, photography and digital media, performing arts, writing, culinary arts, home and garden, 
Wellness and Relationships, Current Events in a New Subject, Explore Utah. Classes are online and in person, and new classes start every week, all year long, so it is easy to find something that fits your schedule. Most classes meet in the evenings or on weekends, and there are one-shot classes that meet once, others that go for multiple weeks. So if you just want to dip your toe in the water or take a deep dive, Lifelong has something for you. I'm even teaching a class this term called Podcasting and Introduction, so if you have a great idea for a podcast, I'll show you my process and what I've learned along the way. For a limited time, I Am Salt Lake listeners can get $5 off a Lifelong Learning class all you have to do is enter the promo code I am Salt Lake, all one word, all caps, enter it at checkout, and you can find your new passion at lifelong.utah.edu. Again, enter the promo code I am Salt Lake. Again, that's all caps. It's going to give you $5 off a lifelong learning class. Head on over to lifelong.utah.edu. And many thanks to the Lifelong Learning at the University of Utah for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So what did, I mean, how did that go down? What happened? Cause it sounds like a lot of food was dropped off yeah. and it had to be sorted. What did you guys, how did you guys actually distribute it? Well, the, um, we just had people pull in and I did the math. I have 755 meals here. I've got about how big's your car. And I would just like load their car up and you get three turkeys. You're in a Nissan Sentra. You only get two turkeys. <laughs> it ends up being about 65 pounds of food for each family. It's a lot. It's a, it's a grocery load. And they, um, I had grocery bags at that time and I was just loading grocery bags and I would have people standing at tables with a bag that had the, all of the, the green beans and the, 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 the fixings for the, the green bean casserole, you know, that was that table. And, and they would go around with a grocery cart and they would go out to their car and load the car and away they would go. That is so cool. Yeah. The, the first year it was just names and um, addresses. And now we get phone numbers. I want you to call ahead and say, Hey, we're on our way. We've got your, we've got your food. Cause I don't, I had food spoil, got left out or stolen. Surprisingly enough, some of the places we delivered to were tough areas. And so, well, there are probably areas where there's not a lot of food. So yeah. yeah. I really learned that first year too, that the the secret sauce was in the connection. It was in your family, looking another family in the eye, delivering that food and loving on them. That's the secret. The secret is, and I found this for the volunteers too, who were then calling. They were wildly blessed. They wanted to, they wanted to hand that food off. It wasn't just a transfer of food. It was a, a gift of hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I counted that year. I thought, you know, I fulfilled my karmic responsibility. I'm never going to do that again. That was a lot of work. And the next year I got a call from a a mom and she said, Rob, last year you delivered to me and my family, my kids. I'm a single mom. We didn't have any resources. And um, this year we want to get involved and deliver and deliver to other families. And I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so she kind of signed you up yeah. to do it a second year. Yeah. That is so cool. And I only had about six weeks before Thanksgiving. I raised enough money. We fed about 533 families that year because I had a little bit of momentum. And the, I called up the school district and they were like, Rob, we were wondering if you were going to do it again. And and so here I am seven years later Wow, doing it every year. It's grown and every year it's become a little bit more organized or or we found where the wheels are going to come off the wagon yeah. a little sooner or then later. And we're getting better every year. Last year, 2,500 families fed. 
So when did it become a nonprofit then? When did you actually decide, hey, let's let's register, turn this into a legit thing? I took a picture of the receipt um, that I bought the food because a lot of people, you know, hey man, give me 20 bucks. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I promise. And I had a lot of people trusting me with their money. And so I took a picture of the receipt and I posted it and I had one of a uh, CPA call me up and he's like, why'd you pay taxes on that? And I'm like, well, I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, because <laughs> it's what you do. Yeah, right? you pay, make you? When you buy things, he's like, well, <laughs> you should be a nonprofit. You don't have to pay taxes on those food and you can buy more food. And I'm like, tell me more. And that's how I became a nonprofit. I had no intention on starting a charity. Furthest thing from my mind. Wait, when I grow up, I'm going to be a fireman and start it. No, <laughs> I had none of those uh, that, that wasn't even on the radar. And so the idea of getting organized was it's been everyone else showing up and helping me. So that's when it became a nonprofit the very next year. How can, and I've just decided this now, I haven't run this past Chrissy, <laughs> but, but I'm sure she's a hundred percent on board. I want this podcast to be involved with this. Like heavily, Absolutely. like what can we do as listeners at even Chrissy and I, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking, our audience is listening. Uh, this is up. I mean, I guess it's almost October, right? Yeah. And so Thanksgiving's the fourth Thursday in, 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 in uh, November. November, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? That's right. What can we do? What's the process? What are we still raising money? How do we, what can, we, we, do? What can we do here, Rob? Oh, I mean, you tell me, buddy. I love this question. This is okay. one of my favorite okay. questions to answer. Okay. So there's, there's three or four things that I always ask for. The first thing is I need you to show up on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. I'm there. And deliver food. Um, the second thing um, which is very important is I need you to nominate families in our community that need the help. If you go to the website, there's a nominate button and I love the school districts. I've been super blessed to be working with the Jordan school district, canyons, Alpine granite's coming on this year. They're all trusting me with this information, but truth be told, I would like us to nominate people in our community who need the help. I want to help people who need the help. I want to be sure that we're helping those. No questions asked. If you register them on that website, they get food on the Thanksgiving, on the Hero- Thanksgiving heroes website, Thanksgiving heroes.org. Yep. And I'll have that link at I am with this as well. For some reason you didn't write it down or something, but you can go there, nominate, 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 nominate a family. Nominate. Yep. Yeah. That's super important. It's important that we're helping um, others in our community. It's, it's, it, we need it. Our world needs that right now. We really do. I mean, we've lost so much of the human connection and community feel and through technology and then COVID and just like, it feels like we've completely lost human We're connection. Isolated. Yeah. yeah. And so that it's really, really cool that I think that's why this has grown so, so much because it's a, it feels like you're genuinely doing something to help. Like that's what makes it so exciting to get involved in. Yeah. And I feel like every year, and I know this sounds corny, but every year my faith in humanity is renewed because there's so many strangers showing up to help strangers. The world is full of good people. The world is full of other good people looking for an opportunity to help. The other way that I need help, and this is the most important thing right now, is I haven't raised nearly enough money to feed my goal, which is 2,500 families. Every year I set a goal to feed more families than I think I can possibly do. And every year the universe, the windows of heaven, whatever your language is, open up and give me the money I need in order to make that happen. How much money do you need to raise? I need to raise over $200,000 before the Saturday before Thanksgiving to pay for those groceries. I've already ordered the turkeys. The turkeys have been growing. I have to order the turkeys right after Thanksgiving every year because they don't just make 
turkeys sure. just don't, you know, you yeah. got to grow them. That's kind of a good point. Yeah. I didn't really think about but, that. But I mean, I'm assuming you have until that Saturday to pay for them, That's right. Right. Yeah, so. that's right. And so I have a, a reoccurring gift um, program. You can go on and sign up and have 10 or 20 or a hundred dollars or whatever you're comfortable doing come out of your account every month Okay, to make that payment because it's hard for me to raise that money right before the holidays because we're all, everyone gets strapped. Every, it's, yeah, it's tight. We're, we're all paying for the holidays. And so yeah. um, the reoccurring gift is a one. Also I do a virtual Turkey drive with larger organizations. If you have a company or a, a big group of people, a community that you're a part of, um, we can do a virtual turkey drive where you can set a goal and you want to raise money to feed 30 families and everyone can go on and make a payment and you can see exactly where you are as far as your, your, um, your footprint, your group. And that virtual turkey drive is something that's been wildly successful, especially when COVID started, because it's hard to ask people to donate food. I I can't have you donate food. I've got to, the food has to be controlled. I want to be sure that I'm delivering healthy, wholesome food to everybody and not a turkey that's been in the freezer for a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so always trying to raise money and that's a big one. And I have a hard time talking about money because, um, money is just a weird thing. It's a weird thing. People get very nervous about money. I already Mm -hmm. give to my church. I already do those things. I love that and I respect it, but you should be doing something. Everyone should be doing something. And if you have a little bit of abundance and you would like more, giving money is the easiest way to grow. I like to say I'm, I've been so wildly blessed in my business selling real estate with the success that I've been given. And I know it's not because of dumb luck. It's because I am giving of my time. I'm giving of my resources and it's just a universal principle. It, it's, it's karma. Let's argue yeah. about gravity for gosh sakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is true though. You get what you put out in the world. Yeah. Really? I mean, it eventually comes back around. It does. And, and that's that's what's so cool because it feels good to give and it helps you. Right. And the thing is, is it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving cereals. I would love it if you did. I would. But it has to be something. Pick something and be passionate about it and get involved with it. Because it's not about buying the new car. It's not about buying a new house. It's about giving back. And that leads to something called fulfillment. And I feel like that's lacking in the world right now. I feel like we're all in this world of like immediate gratification but as soon as you get that new laptop, as soon as your kid gets that new phone, man, we just forget about it. It's just, it's just future garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Cause well, we don't really put the effort into things that we used to. Right. I mean, oh, these kids these days, that's what I sound like. But you know, we've, we've worked, we've prided ourselves on becoming at becoming so efficient as a society that, you know, it, it's kind of, like you said, it's made us kind of a little bit empty because when you're too efficient, what are you enjoying? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. We're never, we're never in the here. We're never in the now. We're never like living in our life and we're never feeling that deep joy. That really is why we're here. I'm here. I was made to be here to serve others. I've come to that recently. I've come to that and I've become conscious of it. I've become, I've made peace with it. That's why God made me. I'm here to serve others. And, and when I embrace that, when I love that, my life is happy. My kids are happy. I I have more business. I sell more houses. People want to do business with me. And that's all there is to it. It's the magic of why we're here. And so Thanksgiving's Heroes is a lot more than just 65 pounds of groceries. It's about happiness, fulfillment, joy. And I, I try to remember that because I get caught up in the business of raising money. Back to the money. I get caught up in the ask. I get caught up in like, how many dollars do I need in order to reach my goal? And it's very 
mechanical. But when I remember the reason that I'm doing this is because it brings me a deep level of fulfillment on the big day, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, you're going to show up and you're going to wait in line. No one likes to wait in line, but people open up their windows. They turn on their stereos. They're outside making friends with other people. This is why we're here as humans. We need these opportunities to be together as a tribe and to serve and to love one another. And I just love it. I feel so much happiness on that day. It's my favorite day of the year and people are getting out of their cars and they're hugging one another. And man, this world is a beautiful place. It, it makes me remember that. And then I get back into the business of the business and I forget it. And it's like having a baby. It's almost like having a baby every year. I think to myself, man, I'm never doing that again. That was, <laughs> so, that was like, terrible. I'm going to sleep next year. Yeah, I'm going to sleep in. But every year that I do it, I'm so grateful for that beautiful little baby that came out, that beautiful little soul that I signed up to do it again. All right, we're going to take just a minute of your time now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. I love talking about them, but remember, when you support our sponsors like utahmarijuana.org, you're directly supporting this podcast. And your health. And your health. Hey, utahmarijuana.org is your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you guys remember way back on episode 420, we had Tim Pickett on the podcast. We talked about medical cannabis here in Utah. We talked about utahmarijuana.org. Well, now he's a sponsor of the podcast. Anyways, utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical cannabis card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. It is so true, you guys. They are the most helpful medically I have ever been. You know how you want to go to the doctor and you're like, I don't even know what doctor to go to or what to say. These guys are incredible. They have over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief. So you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally and stay up to date. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. I did. It was great. And depending on where you're located in the Valley, they have a clinic location just for you. Go to utahmarijuana.org. Check it out. They're going to list it right there. They have uh, location clinics from like Provo to Bountiful to Salt Lake, West Valley. Uh, Go check it out. And like Chrissy said, there's a promo code. Green 25. This is going to give you $25 off your first visit. And it's also going to tell them that you came from I Am Salt Lake and that you're a supporter of this show and that you're down to support this show and you're down for uh, medical cannabis. So anyways, down for your health. Hey, isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. Now, did you mention, okay, so it's that Saturday before Thanksgiving. Right. How do we find out where to go or do we contact you or is it's it on all the, on the website? All on the website. Yep. Okay. You're okay. going to register for the time that makes best sense, but I want you to know, register early. Okay. Um, I have a hero's hour where I'm going to have people who have contributed at a high level come in and they get their food first. I want those people who've like worked hard and they've done that virtual turkey drive with their community. I want them to show up first and have that. And then we're going to have everybody else kind of sign up for time blocks. But we we had time blocks signed up till five o'clock last year and we were done by two because I think there's just rogue people sneaking in and they want to be a part of, <laughs> be a part of it. So show up early. A drive by niceness. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you see yourself ever like 
venturing into like Ogden and Provo, or is it all just the Salt Lake Valley? Or we're we're you, in Ogden. Okay, Provo. you were in Ogden. Yeah, and we Provo. fed over okay, 400 families okay. in uh, Alpine School okay. District. Okay. And Davis County came on last year. We fed about that same number in, okay. in the Davis School School District. So I would love to continue growing in those areas, but yeah. And I have the the weird thing is 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 I have more families show up to feed than I have families that I have the food to feed. And so that's why these podcasts are so important. This podcast is so important to me is because if everybody that showed up to deliver food, they just were donating $10 a month. I would have more food that they could show up and deliver. Mm -hmm. And how great would that be? All right, guys, you heard it. Thanksgivingheroes.org. Go there, donate some cash and, and then nominate some families, nominate families, sign up to deliver some food on that set. Cause I'm going to, Chrissy and I will be. Oh yeah, man. Oh man. We're taking the the kids. This is going to be, well, we've been looking, we keep looking every year. We're like, we would really love to get involved in helping another family. And it's just, it always falls through the cracks. Cause I look some things up and we don't know where to go. And you know, this is perfect. This is a great opportunity to even make, help show your kids that it's good to reach out to strangers. We have so much stranger danger, you know, and like, I get it, but you know, I think we need to remember that other people are still people too. Right. And, and I love that. It's, it's really carrying that on. Well, if I could share a quick story, um, I have four daughters um, who want for nothing, super blessed. These girls, my gosh, they're lucky. Lucky to have me as their dad. I wish I had a dad that was making and being blessed as I'm being blessed financially because their lives are good. They're really good. And I have, and they've been teenagers and I realized something. My girls don't listen to anything that I say. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. How, yeah. how are they older or how, how old are they? Uh, there are the whole range. I've okay. got them. I've got okay. the whole way, the whole range. And so um, they don't listen to what I say, but they see everything that I do. And the, the second, the first or second Thanksgiving, I t- did Thanksgiving's Heroes. My thirteen-year-old, uh, she was much younger then. Of course, that was you know six, five, six or seven years ago. Um, at my house for Thanksgiving, you come and everybody has to tell everybody else why they're thankful for them. That's what you do throughout the whole day. You, if you get a moment alone with Chris, Chris, I'm going to tell you why I'm thankful for you, and then you tell me why I'm thank you're thankful for me, and that's that's a tradition in my house. I love it. Yeah. That's a good one. is a tradition that would make my family so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Your yeah, it's great. We We've should. Had people we should not do come it. back. They're like, that was too intense, it's, Rob. I don't deal well with vulnerability. Yeah. Chris is teaching me. That's a great way to raise your kids. Yeah, and it's. Um, I want the girls to know that that why their uncle is thankful for them, why their aunt is thankful for them. It's so good for our kids to hear gratitude for their little efforts and their, their struggles right there. You remember being that age. It's, it's never easy. And I have an adult telling me, I'm thankful for you because you're so diligent. You work hard. You're smart. You're beautiful. Whatever that is, we can't get that enough to our kids. So here we are sitting at the table. We just sat down and my daughter, Sally stands up and she comes over and she goes, I want everyone to know why I'm thankful for my dad. I'm going to choke up telling the story every time I do. Um, she said today, dad, it was our first year because of what she said. She said, today, dad, because of what you did, because what I did, 755 families are going to eat Thanksgiving dinner because of us. And that is it. That is it. I thought to myself, this is a lesson that she'll remember for the rest of her life. As I've done Thanksgiving's Heroes, though, I'm going to tell you, I've realized that everybody has a story like that. I remember when I was a kid, we went and delivered Thanksgiving. We went and delivered Christmas or someone delivered it to us. This story is a story that really resounds with everybody because we've all been helped or needed that help. And there's been a family step in and supported us. And so that's why I think Thanksgiving's Heroes has been such a big success is because that memory is something 
my, they don't talk about when I took him to magic mountain. She's not talking about when we went to lagoon or I bought her something nice. This is what she remembers. And I've heard her talking to her, her, her friends. And you know what they tell, she tells them about her dad. It's about serving. It's about loving. It's not about, Hey, I got a new iPhone and check it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's a big deal for me. And I, I know, I know as a dad, it, my, my, my daughter, Sally, she speaks at all of the golf tournaments that we do to try to raise money. She tells her story because I want the adults to hear how important it is. These kids, I keep doing it because I want my kids to do it. I want my kids to see how valuable service is. What better lesson service? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I so, love that. I, if you come down, you have to bring your kids. Of course. Yeah. And if I, and if you do come down, I want to warn you, you'll, this will become a tradition. You have, this will be something that you look forward to. Because your kids go from uh, entitlement to gratitude like that, and they want to do it again. They'll talk to you. They'll talk to you about it throughout the year and give you that opportunity. It's super cool. It's a good bonding experience, sounds like. Yeah. I love it. Talk about, so what made you want to go into other cities? I mean, obviously it's great, but what, I mean, were people coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to start Thanksgiving Heroes in Cleveland or uh, what other cities did you say you were in? Dallas, Dallas, Dallas and yeah. in uh, Vegas, Vegas. Wow. So in my industry in real estate, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not yeah. learning, you're, you're on your way out. And so to be relevant, to be a good real estate agent, I go to conferences and there's always a time during the conference where I have a real estate agent say, Hey, what's the most, what's, what's the big, biggest part of your business, the biggest, most successful part of your business or the most important part of your you know what you're doing. And I always say not real estate. It's this, it's this thing that I'm doing in my community. And, um, and because I do this in my community, um, I'm all of my, all of the other areas of my life are blessed. And they're like, well, tell me about that. And I tell them about the logistics. I tell them the story and they think to themselves, I'd like to do this where I live. I think this would be something that would be a great addition into my family's life. And so it's just grown in that way. They're, they're all real estate industry related people that I've met out there at different conferences and they get that whole idea that it's life isn't about working. It's about working and right. It's about yep. balance and they've brought it into their lives. And so, um, it's, it's been wild to watch it grow. Um, now when did it start? Like when did, was the first time it was in another city besides, I'm just curious really. I mean, um, I think I want to say we did one in Florida. It's been, quite a few years. So this has been a bit, a minute. Okay, yeah. It's okay. been in the past three years that we've been kind of growing into other cities. I was featured on, um, NPR I oh, think, wow. last year. And so I had a lot of people reach out. And so I think that we'll have significant growth coming into the next couple of years because, you know, words getting out there. Do you find that it's getting difficult to like manage all this though? Like, I mean, it's turning into mm-hmm. this business really. I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's not just let's get together like this Saturday before Thanksgiving. Work. Like, I'm sure you're working on this all year round, right? All year round. Yeah. And I'm bringing on these other cities. And so I had to hire somebody. Okay. That's yeah. I was curious how yeah. you're doing it all. Jenny, she's a superstar. Jenny's, um, she worked for the uh, governor's office and she, um, came over and volunteered for Thanksgiving's heroes one year. And she approached me and said, Rob, I've got some ideas on how I can improve this. I'd like to work for Thanksgiving's Heroes. And up until then, I was so super proud to say 100% of the money goes to feeding children. It was a, it was a brag because how many charities have you donated to where you wonder like, well, how much money actually makes it to that poor kid, you know? Yeah. Um, but I realized 
that if I didn't bring on somebody, I would start to lose volunteers because it was getting to be so big and the lines were long and checking in was long. And I am not a logistics person. I'm a, I'm the big idea. I love to talk about it. I love to share my story, but you asked me how to, how we're going to get the cars to funnel through the, oh man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So she takes care of all that. She takes care of all of that. And so, um, I, have had her for, she came on last year was the first full year that she got to witness the insanity. And then I said, if I bring you on, I want you to know that this money is sacred and that I need you to help me raise enough money to pay you. But also I need you to help me double this and then triple it and help me grow it. And she said, I'm in. And so she's just been amazing. I will text her crazy ideas in the middle of the night and we meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It used to be that I would work on this a lot between Halloween to the big day. And now we're doing it. I bet I am putting in three to five hours a week minimum when we're not talking about Thanksgiving's heroes. And then of course, now as the holiday grows closer, we're doing it all the time. And um, the, the, the franchises is what I call them. These little cells in these different areas. I spend a lot of time. I got to go to Dallas this year. I flew down there for their golf tournament and helped them raise money. Oh, cool. It was cool. It was super surreal. Like going down there and all these people have been doing it now for two or three. This is their third year, I think. And just like meeting these people that Thanksgiving's Heroes is such a huge part of their life that I don't even know. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking them like, what's the most important part? And they're talking about when they had that opportunity to feed that family and then they adopted them for Christmas and how their kids reacted. And it's just like, that's awesome that is awesome did that you so did you cool. find like um last year with covid i mean that probably brought more families in need oh man and it made it difficult for us to get the names yeah and also i thought i was worried that no volunteers would show up yeah, yeah. so i'd have 2500 turkeys <laughs> and i'd have to drive around that's a lot of driving that's yeah a lot of turkeys that would i don't know if your car would move with that many turkeys right. yeah <laughs> But, um, but you survived. We survived. We had to uh, put in some protocols. They can't get out of the car. I had a company called Spectrum Solutions show up. They're a third-party fulfillment company. Amazing ownership. And um, they said, we'll take the food. We'll sort the food. We'll box the food. And then you just need to get the people through the lines. And so we were sticking the little the names on slips of paper through the window, loading up the back of the car, and away they would go. So we were able to work around it. And there was two or three times last year that I thought, there's no way this is going to happen. Um, the owner over there at Spectrum Solutions, his name is Bill. I called him up and I'm like, Bill, they just, they're like making rules that I can't look you directly in the eye. I have to, I can only be standing up or sitting down. I'm like, I don't think this is going to happen. He's like, Rob, he said, don't even worry about it. This is going to, this is going to happen. He said, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. We're going to make this work. And he was creative enough that we were able to move forward. And so, you know, big shout out to Bill Phillips for, for stepping up and making last year even happen. What did you say? Seven years you've been doing this, right? I'm in my seventh year. Where do you see it in another seven years? What's your, what's your like five to 10 year goal here with this thing? Or is it already there? Well, I guess never, nothing's ever done, right? Well, I, I say my mantra is no hungry kids at Thanksgiving, but I also would like to take care of those firefighters that are struggling or those police officers or those school teachers, all of these service industries in our, in our world, they're one health crisis away from being bankrupt. You know what I mean? There's all these people that are sacrificing their lives for us. And I, I really would like to take care of why not, why not dream that big? I mean, why can't we help those people? We can, we totally can. And so I, I just see us growing 
into other other cities, other areas. I'd like to see us maybe in southern Utah, so that on the big day we're we're feeding the whole state, we're taking care of everybody. How cool, man! Yeah, would be cool. I would also like to maybe do more throughout the year because the big day is powerful. But I know that there's principal pantries here where these kids they eat breakfast and lunch, and then they take food home at night so they can eat at night. And I would like to support that. I tried to do a food drive this year. It was a logistical nightmare. I, I did it totally wrong, but we were able to raise, we were able to gather several thousand pounds of food that I was able to deliver to the school districts that I felt really good about. And so I think I see us growing into more of a, more than just one day opportunity to serve in the community. You're, you're probably on social media, right? And stuff yeah. like that. I was going to say people can connect with uh, Thanksgiving heroes, like on Facebook That's and right. stuff like that to kind of see when you're doing all this yeah. I, w- I would imagine yeah, right? we have a facebook page a thanksgiving heroes facebook and yeah. insta we're even in doing um some of those tiktoks yeah i mean <laughs> dude, I, I just barely i you know the other day i was like gosh you know i gotta get into tiktok Every, don't do it hey, don't do it don't do it no there, well i haven't done i haven't done a video yet but it's it, that's that's where, it's the, it's the yeah, place to I be know, man, man. Yeah. i am not on there but the cool kids are <laughs> all the cool kids you know? are yeah you know, it is, um, social media is such a crazy thing right now. There's such a lot of negativity on there and there's a lot of opinions and name calling, but it's also pretty powerful for the good. You know what I mean? Like I get, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for social media, mm-hmm. getting the word out there and, um, sharing the message from one person to the next. I roll out videos. I've got videos on, on YouTube and most of those videos are being viewed through social media. And so we do a lot of sharing, trying to get the message out there. We're doing a motorcycle ride on October 2nd and it's all happening through social media. Yeah. I've never done a motorcycle ride. It's going to be super cool. Okay, so let's, awesome. well, let's talk about, I mean, maybe some of can our listeners get involved with Heck this yeah. too. Okay. So they can come and, and where, what's the information on that? October 2nd, we're going to be starting in Linden at the Harley Davidson. Okay. Down there, we're going to ride up Provo Canyon and then we're going to head like we're going into Midway and we're going to go up, up over. There's a new road that goes over Cascade Springs from Midway. Beautiful road, smooth as glass the best motorcycle ride. Then we're going to drop down onto the Alpine loop, go up over the Alpine loop and come out American Fort Canyon and end at my, one of my favorite restaurants, which is called redemption. It's out there in Harriman. Have you been there yet? No. I've oh man. Redemption. Go. Yeah. So what, good. what? I mean, that's a question we ask a little bit later is favorite local eating spots. So yeah. we, but what, I mean, what kind of food is it? Um, well, it's a, it's a bar okay, and okay. restaurant, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's not bar food. The food is so dang good. I love going there. And um, we're going to end up there. We're going to have an auction. So we're looking for auction items. Okay. And just, you know, to sell at the, the at the event. Sure. To raise money. To for raise the, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've had golf tournaments. We just finished our golf tournament. And we raised, we did really good. We raised enough to feed about 500 families at the golf tournament. Um, but that's a great step in the right direction. Yeah, but that's great. Our goal is 2,500 this year. So I've got to raise quite a bit more. And so this is the event that we're doing. And then we're also having a casino night on October 22nd which you can sign up for and come play some, uh, you know, Texas Hold'em. I was just going to say, we need to go Where's Where's that going to be at? It's going to be at the south end of the valley, still working on a location. Okay, okay. Um, When I say that I take the money seriously, I'm pretty stingy when it comes to like, hey, we're coming to do this in your place. It's a charity. You need to give us a good deal. So we're looking for a great location that's willing to donate the space. We're going to, it's going to be rowdy. It's, there's going to be a bar. We're going to have some fun, you know, um, and we'll need auction items for that so that we can sell those and raffle them off prizes for the, of course, the people who are winning, um, which I, I guess I, I can't say in Utah, if you win 
But if you're doing well at Texas Hold'em, hopefully there'll be some uh, some results that we'd be happy about. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is so awesome. Yeah, so we're trying to be creative and think of uh, events and things that we can do that is not only fun where you can network with other good-hearted people, but, you know, it's something. I love to ride my bike. I love to ride my bike. And so I want I want to hang out with other people that love to ride their bikes. I need to get a motorcycle. You're putting the fun back in fundraising. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you I can wanna, get a motorcycle. I, I, I want to go on Leather a ride, too. you know? It's going to be fun. Gosh, you know? Yeah. Do it up. And I, um, I've been in riding my motorcycle for years, and I've never... I, I know there's people out there that have the, that negative, but most of the time, like, dudes on bikes... They're happy. They're yeah. on their bike. They're doing, yeah. they're having a good time. And so yeah. I want to spend time with those guys and it's been quite an adventure. So yeah, so cool. We have a lot happening to try to raise that money that are events. So yeah, stay tuned. How do you stay so positive? You mentioned how social media is so negative and that's what made me think like, you're always so positive, Rob. It's so easy in today's world to get negative. How do you not get negative? It's more comfortable to be negative half the time too. It's easier. Yeah. I yeah. think we wake up that way. Yeah. Um, so I learned from some of my mentors years ago that I have to do things every day. I, I kind of compare myself to an old pickup truck. You can't just, <laughs> if you've ever owned an old pickup, you can't just yeah. run out and throw the keys in and head on out. You've got to check the water, make sure there's oil. Yeah. Maybe pump up a tire. I'm an old pickup truck. And so in the morning I have to get up and I spend time in my journal. I set a timer for five minutes and I write, I am thankful for Annie. I am thankful for my home. I am thankful for my eyesight. I'm thankful for my, and I name my kids, whatever it is. I, but I use the words I am, which are powerful words, thankful for. And then I put that down and I spend time writing until I get to my, get my heart into a place of gratitude. If I don't do that every day, if I don't do that in the morning, then it's easy for me to drift into whatever the world wants me to drift into, which is negativity, pessimism, isolation, depression, anxiety, all of the things that we are all suffering from as a culture. And I have, so I have to, I have to shield my heart and I shield my heart with gratitude. Gratitude is the most powerful thing that you can do in the morning. And sometimes I, when the timer goes off, I continue writing in gratitude until I get my heart to that place because my, I'm in such a negative mood. And so I'll write for pages I am thankful for. And you can get really granular. Like, I really am thankful for my motorcycle. I'm thankful for my dogs. I'm thankful for, and I get right down to the basics until I, until I get to that point. And you'll know when your heart, when your heart clicks into that place of gratitude, because then you start seeing gratitude everywhere. You, instead of being like, I have to, it's, I get to, and that's what I do. I do that in the morning and it, it's been a practice and I built up this muscle of gratitude yeah. where I feel like I'm always looking for something to be thankful for rather than looking for something to be sad about or mad about or, you know. It seems it's awesome because it kind of puts your mindset in the place where you can take problems and view them as opportunities instead too. I perfectly said. I love that. I also feel like it makes it so that I am manifesting into my life, the things that I want. I want to be grateful for more things. I'm grateful for my children's health. And so I want more health for my children. I'm manifesting it. And they, you talk about attraction and I only want to attract what I'm grateful for. I am creating into my life, the heaven that I want to have rather than the hell that people choose to live in. Yeah. I love it. I like it. I used to do that every, I'm, I'm going to start doing that again. It's been a while since I, you know, I, I used to just write like five things, you know, I was grateful for, but I like that idea of setting a timer. And then if your heart's not there yet, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. You know, and you're, you're the first person I've, I've heard that really does that. And I love it because you're like, you're forcing yourself to do this practice until you, the principle takes over. 
Cause it's easy to practice stuff, but if you're not doing it to the extent where you start to understand the why behind yeah. it, you never really appreciate the extent of it. Right. Right. And also it's the long application to it that I've, I've really become accustomed to, to that, to that type of thinking. The science is there's a, there's something they call the RAS in our brains, a reticulator activating system. And it works simply like this. If I were thinking that I want to buy myself a new white Ford pickup truck, F-150, what do I start seeing everywhere? White Ford pickup trucks everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. They're all over the place. And so if I want to start looking for things and, and having gratitude in my life, I need to start looking for those things. And in order to activate that part of my brain, I have to do that every morning. If I don't do it in the morning and I'm on a trip or I'm on vacation or whatever it is, I feel different. I can feel the difference. And so I have to activate that part of my brain to be actively searching for gratitude all day. Otherwise, I am naturally disposed to be depressed, anxious, and, you know, all the things we all do. Do you ever find yourself like needing like a, a mid-afternoon pickup though? You know, like just like, do you ever do that? That's like in the middle of the day? Because sometimes like, man, by like two or three o'clock, I'm like, I got to listen to like something positive or yeah. read something positive. Cause I'm, man, I'm just like, question. I'm just like negative out the wazoo, man. Right. And so I get to that point and I make one of my gratitudes actionable. Okay. Um, when I say actionable, when I hit that point at two, mine's like two thirty. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Then I stop and I sit back and I, I wrote in here today that I'm thankful for Chris and I'm going to call you up and I'm going to be like, bro, can I tell you why I'm thankful for you today? And I just go through the list and sometimes it's my kids. Um, I've done it with my parents before. And I've, I've called people. The weird thing about this is that, um, the universe has gotten really into my, my flow and I'll call people and I'll say, Hey, Chris, I wanted to call you today and tell you why I'm thankful for you. And you'll say, Rob, you won't believe the day that I've been having. This is just you, you're, you're a godsend. I can't believe that you called me or, you know what? Today's my birthday and everyone's forgotten. You're the only one that remembered to call. And I'm, I feel like I've opened myself up to these you, you, I don't care like if you, you think I'm crazy. No, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to steal this. I'm, yeah. I'm steal delivered this. messages all the time and I'll write down, I'm the most random person. And I think that's my actionable today. And at two 30, when I'm feeling low, I stand up, I walk away from my desk. I focus on my breathing and I do an actionable gratitude. And man, I, you, the gratitude is the only thing that I can give away. And when I hang up the phone, I have more of it. It's, it's amazing how it works. And so that's my afternoon pick me up as an actionable gratitude. That's actually like way better than coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. dopamine. It doesn't rob the adrenals at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So that's how I, I stay in that space. And sometimes truthfully, this, it's a difficult lift. It's hard for me to get to that space. And so I might start out with my actionable gratitude first thing in the morning and I'm going to call somebody and let them know why I love them and why I'm grateful for them and what I admire about them or whatever it is, whatever, whatever comes to my heart at that time. That level of vulnerability, though, is a difficult thing for most men, especially to do. Mm-hmm. And so it takes courage. And when I find somebody else that wants to do that, I want to tell you, take courage, be brave, do it, do it, because it's going to bless you so much. It's going to it's going to make your life so much better. And you don't know who out there needs to hear it. We live in a world right now that's rife with suicide. I had a friend commit suicide recently, and I wish to God I would have, he would have been my actionable gratitude because he might have needed to hear those words. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know. We don't know. So just do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even yeah. if someone thinks you're weird, be like, okay, well, 
Yeah. Have a great day. If somebody called me, I I wouldn't complain. If somebody was to call me and tell me why they were thankful, you can call me on Monday. But we're all afraid of rejection. At the the end of the day, we're afraid of rejection, right? No. That's a very brave thing to do. But why would somebody reject you? I don't know. I've never had anyone. I've never had a negative. Yeah. I've never had a negative experience. Like I'll tell someone and like, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm calling you today, friend. But here it is. And then I just kind of pour my heart out and speak my truth. Yeah. And I've never had anyone be like, well, you're a jerk. <laughs> Don't ever call me. Again. <laughs> How dare you call me yeah. and tell me nice things Block about my myself. number. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't ever call me again. Right. Yeah. So just trying to be authentically yourself and, and be in that space. It takes guts. So yeah. do it. Let's, uh, we got to shift directions. We have some Salt Lake City related questions. We have to ask everybody that comes through here, Rob. So, of course, we have to ask you. Oh, man, I'm ready. Family and friends come to visit us, right? They come to town. They're coming from out of state. And they're here for the weekend. Let's say even this weekend, right? And they're like, show us around. What's cool about the city? Give us a tour. I mean, where do you take people, Rob? I mean, and when I talk about this, I mean, I mean... Park City or or the lake or what wherever you want. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to just be Salt Lake. But what's uh Man, if someone came into town this weekend, I would take them to Oktoberfest. Okay. Okay. I love I love the uh the microbreweries that are up there, the yeah. beer that they're selling. Mm. I also do love the polka music, getting up there and having a good time. I was gonna ask, do you polka? Oh man, I can chicken dance like it's nobody's business. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh and then um the mountains. You're up there, you know, you're up there where the ski lifts are and you can okay. see the mountains before take the lift up to the top and see what it's like to breathe air at seven thousand feet. You know, it's Awesome. It's a different experience when it's not winter too. Right. You know, totally different. Just do ski lifts in the winter, but right. Hey, do it in the summer. Or do yeah. it in the, in the fall. Do it in the fall. The colors are starting to change up there. It's beautiful. So that's what I would do if they came in this weekend. Very cool. Yeah. What about favorite local eating spots? You mentioned that one, but what, I mean, is there one or two other favorites that you like to, you're just drive by and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's my favorite joint. And I got to go in there and get oh, a man. burger or something, <laughs> right? I, um, Mekong cafe is the best Thai food in town. They're the second oldest Thai restaurant in Utah. Okay. They're uh, on 7,200 South there. I think they're closing soon. I think they might've sold, but no. yeah. So I have to are try you, are you upset about I'm that? I'm a little or? sad. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little sad. I said, I need your address. I just want to drop by once in a while and have lunch. And they're like, I've been going there forever. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I know the Brenda and Ross. That's I don't know if that's their names for real, but that's the name <laughs> that's tags they were. They told yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> and they have the best, the best Tom Ka in the valley. So they're good. I really enjoy the White Horse. It's a restaurant downtown. It's yeah. really, really great. Yeah, good food there. Yeah. 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 What would you change about Utah, about Salt Lake City, the valley? Is there anything you would change if you had that magical power or yeah, um, I feel like um, Salt Lake, because the, the one of the benefits of Salt Lake, why we have the greatest snow is because um, the winds blowing in from the ocean and these Rocky Mountains stop everything right here and they're beautiful, but they also catch a lot of garbage. And so we have a lot of smoke yeah. um, from the, the fires that we've been seeing out in California. And so I would like cleaner air. I could go for some clean air sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm go, with you on that. There and, well, that's what you got to go up to Oktoberfest. That's right. That clean air Get above there, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like a little vacation from the air. Right. Dude, I am so glad we got you on a podcast. Oh, man. I'm so grateful I, to be here. Oh, yeah. It is. It, I mean, what? I, I think we covered everything. I mean, what else is there with Thanksgiving heroes that maybe we need to tell people? I mean, what uh, before we wrap this up completely? Well, I'm I'm looking to grow Thanksgiving's Heroes. If you're in Idaho listening to this and okay. you want to talk about it, yeah. let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about your why and talk about what's important to you and if it's a fit. Okay. Um, I'd love to grow Thanksgiving Heroes in other areas, but mostly I just need word to get out there. I, I want everybody to know about 
what we're trying to accomplish here. And so that's why I'm so extremely grateful for your time tonight. And for those who listen, thank you very much. And subscribe to I Am Salt Lake. Be a be a listener because these guys are doing good things. And thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, man. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I want to figure out some ways. Um, if listeners have any other ways to to get involved, to raise some money, whatever. Who do they know? Uh, I want to get this podcast more over the next few weeks. Maybe kind figure out some up. ways to, to, you know. I mean, we can at least mention it yeah. on every episode. Yeah. That's the yeah. least we could do. I yeah. Yeah. You know, let's, uh, you know, thanksgivingheroes.org is the website. Connect on social media. Uh, can people connect with you at all, Rob? I yeah. mean, what? Rob Adams. I'm on Facebook. Okay. I'm, I have red glasses. You can't miss me on yeah. there. <laughs> no, I love the red glasses. Thank you. Man. Rob for reals on Insta. So okay. check me out. I'm always talking about um, these mindset ideas. I talk a little bit about business and investing, um, but mostly I'm talking about um, Thanksgiving's heroes. I'm th- talking about doing good things out there because that's, that's where I find my, my fulfillment. So what else? I mean, uh, very brief. I mean, what else? I mean, tell me something else about Rob. What are some of your other hobbies and interests? I mean, you're a real estate agent. I mean, can we talk about that for a minute? I mean, you're at you're at the same brokerage I am. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's exciting. Right. Yeah, we're at the same brokerage. I've been in real estate for just over ten years, and you're loving it. Um, you know, I do love real estate. <laughs> I do. There's real estate's harder than it looks. I, I always say that it's it's great to watch on a, a thirty minute program on the fix it or flip it's and those that gives you kind of an idea. But the idea that I'm helping someone with the largest investment in their life. Yeah. I love that. That's kind of cool. It's meaningful. You know what I mean? It's a lot of trust. It's a lot of trust. And so I feel like I'm in the trust business. I build these relationships and I become friends with some of the people. I I hate to use the word clients because they're my, they're like my very best friends. And I get to help them through this emotional roller coaster of buying a house. And um, when you buy a house, you can move out in 10 years from now, you'll drive down the road and you'll look and look at that house because you'll remember the Christmases and, you know, playing in the yard. That house is a member of the family. Sure. And so, and then you're like, that wall shouldn't look like that guy's. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they did that to my house. And I haven't owned that house for 10 years. And so it's, it's meaningful. I, I like doing that. I enjoy building relationships. Um, my hobbies, I um, am an artist. I love to draw. I love to paint. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite like medium? Like acrylic, watercolor? What do you use? Um, I'm a I'm a pencil guy. Pencil, pencil and pen. pen. Yeah. Okay. Easy, easy stuff. And so I like to do that. And um, I love to journal. I love to read. I love to be out in, in nature. I just, um, yeah, I'm a Utah boy. I love, love to hike. It's a good thing. I love it. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap this up? I mean, before we hit stop on the record, anything you want to promote or mention or. uh... I I do want to say this. I've had a lot of people ask me, um, how can they start their own charity? Yeah. Um, And here's my, my message to that. Don't. Don't <laughs> just get involved with Thanksgiving heroes. Right? You can well, do that or yeah. find something. There's someone somewhere doing something that you're passionate about, but and don't, mm-hmm. but don't start one. It's like, hard. It's, it been, it it's so hard. Yeah, like find someone. And if you find, find an organization that you love, work hard in that organization and get used to what they're doing, get used to the organization and then, and then do it. But uh, jumping in, like I did, man, what a what bumpy ride. And so I always tell people that want to get involved and they want to start something, do it, but do it with someone else first, go in and be a part of the big brothers and big sisters. If it's, if it's the food, Thanksgiving's heroes might be your jam. If it's, yeah. you know, working with, bikers against child abuse. There's, there's tons of organizations out there that would love you to show up, but I just want you to know you need to show up. Just pick something and do it. Get out of your house, get involved, meet these weirdos and love on them because it makes your life better. I don't care what it is. Yeah. 
I love it. Chrissy has a final question. Yes, even though I feel her, like you've answered it yeah, so many yeah, times, you, but you've, I'm still going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's been an, it's been an honor to have you. Oh, thank you here, so much. Here in the here in the studio, I've been looking know. forward to this. I really have been. So thank you. You're very welcome. This has been awesome. I just you're such a good storyteller. It's great to just listen. It's been fun. <laughs> and thank you for coming. Okay, but before we let you go, okay, can you leave us with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by? There's only two things that matter in life. It's here with you and now. If I worry too much about the past, I live in depression, sadness. If I worry about the future, I live in anxiety. If I can be here with you and I can be in the now, I find true joy. And that is my focus. That is my lesson in life. And if I could share that with anybody, work on being present, work on being with people. It doesn't matter what they're going to say next. It doesn't matter what you're going to say next. It doesn't matter if the deal's going to go through. It doesn't matter if they sign or if they love you or if they hate you or what you should have said or what you could have done. You can't do anything about that. And so manage the manageables. And that is only going to be happening here and now. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Remember our website, IamSaltLake.com. Head on over there, listen to some of the back episodes of the podcast. You can share share them with your family and friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you guys do it these days. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home here in Salt Lake City, I'd love to help you. Shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908. I'd love to help you find your dream home. ChrisHollifieldRealty.com is the website. Head on over there. You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local, and we'll see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.